Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hello and welcome to Your Utah. This is Taylor Powers. That is Ethan Millard. We're bringing you all things on the Wasatch Front. And today we've got an episode to get you out, out in the desert, experiencing all that Utah has to offer. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, where Ethan went over the Memorial yes. Day weekend. It was great. Uh, which was a bit southeast. And then we're also going to talk about something that hopefully if you're from Utah, you've had the chance to experience. If not, we're going to give you some places to experience it. Pictographs and petroglyphs. And we're going to tell you the difference between them. I didn't, I wasn't aware of the difference. Me neither. I kind of use those two words interchangeably, but there is a difference. (laughs) There is. So first let's talk about Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Which of course is kind of the unofficial start of summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people get out, go and do things. We certainly did. We went to our standard, our favorite camping spot down in the southern part of the state. The swells. Down in the San Rafael Swell, yeah. And it was great. Had a lovely time. And we went back around to a spot that we hadn't been to in years. It was Little Wild Horse Canyon. Little Wild Horse Canyon is a pretty iconic hike for the Utah desert. It's You can do it in a kind of a loop. And it gives you a lot of exciting moments, a little bit of of the Slot Canyon experience, a real classic desert hike. But it's also not very long and very kid-friendly. So kids, dogs, you know, there's a really awesome family hike. You get in there, and it's totally awesome. And when we rolled past there, because we were actually not stopping at Little Wild Horse. We were kind of rolling on past towards Factory Butte. We counted over 150 cars in the parking lot. Yikes. And if you're headed to Little Wild Horse Canyon and you see that many people, I think you should wait because you're going to struggle inside the canyon. Now, you're going to have areas where there are little drop-offs and places to scramble over boulders and things like that. It's it's a fun hike. It's kind of like an obstacle course hike in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Again, that still even kids can do. But what happens is people get jammed up. You don't keep a steady pace. And so you'll come across, and this has happened to me before, you'll come across a little place where you kind of have to climb up, and there are a dozen or so people ahead of you standing in line. Like it's the checkout line. Mm-hmm. I was going to say like golfing or something. <laughs> oh, no. it's not. <laughs> like you yeah. got to wait for the next group to get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's some, like that, yeah. And, it's, and that can kind of be frustrating yeah. and can really – it can lengthen the time you spend in the canyon and just – Deter the whole natural beauty of the hike. Yeah, you know, it's, if it's, it's just crowded with people and you're not. That's right. You know, it feels like Disneyland, not the that's Utah right. desert. So if you see that, I, I kind of feel like if you love the desert and you've been going there traditionally in the summer when you have a little more free time anyway. But also for me, it's always been a real summertime activity as well. 
But I think a good policy might be to start switching over to some late winter and very early spring trips. Because you're still going to have beautiful weather. You're going to have cold nights, but you can have very beautiful, beautiful sunny days, very warm, beautiful sunny days. And then you can get into some of these places that in the high season get pretty crowded. But maybe you can get in there and enjoy a little bit of a quieter Mm-hmm. A quieter experience. My favorite time to go is fall, the end of summer when it's cooling down. Yeah. And also people are just, it seems like they're just burnt out from the desert or from vacationing or something. So we go out there and it's empty. Yeah. People have had their fun, of, their fill of the heat <laughs> yeah. in the sun. Yeah. Which is what you get out there. I mean, there's really no shade. Yeah. No shade when you get out there uh, until the sun falls enough down to start giving you shade off the rocks. Mm-hmm. So I'm get, not a big fan of shade. <laughs> you like the sun. You like the full sun. So it, I thought, you know, as I was looking, I thought, man, this is this hike would be better to do mm-hmm. kind of off season. You just get a, a much quieter experience. Little Horse Canyon. Little Wild Horse Canyon. Little Wild Horse Canyon. Isn't that a cool name? It is. It is. If you do roll up, I, I've got a pro tip for you, though. If you do roll up on Little Wild Horse Canyon, and it is kind of a high season, there are, do seem to be a lot of people there, continue down the road for about a mile. And there's another canyon. It's called Ding and Dang. And it is similar to Little Wild Horse, but it's even shorter. And But it'll give you that same fun experience. Good for the family. But it's a little less well-known. It's the next stop down the wash. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people just don't make it that far. So we counted uh, over 150 cars at Little Wild Horse and about 50 at Ding and Ding. And you said this was like a record because you go out there quite a bit to the swells. And you said yeah. this, weekend this weekend specifically compared to past Memorial Days. Yeah. We are there kind of at the same spot every Memorial Day, mm-hmm. and we saw more cars drive through and pull up to our campsite. Cause our campsite's at a dead end, so people come up, turn around, and go out. Yeah. And, and we saw more people do that this last weekend than we mm-hmm. had in the last several years combined. Wow. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if really we're seeing a sudden boom in the area or if it's just a coincidence a lot of people rolled through there. I'll know next year. Next. I, I think Utah's just getting more popular. It must be this podcast. It must be, yeah. <laughs> we're putting it on the map. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but it's uh, – it's, I, I do think Little Wild Horse is worth doing. Mm-hmm. I do think because it's, it's really iconic. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a must-see kind of a – kind of a place and it really right. is a lot of fun just you know give yourself do yourself a favor and hit it on kind of a more of an off day if you yeah. can wow everything you keep bringing about Santa Fe Wells I still haven't been but I'm gonna have like a whole itinerary oh it's fantastic it really is a great place and and I'm glad that I'm glad that people are visiting you know there's that there's that classic hypocrisy mm-hmm. right where you love your space you don't want anyone else there but you can be there yeah exactly. so I always try to not fall into that trap uh-huh uh, I'm glad people love that area as much as I do, and I I hope that visiting kind of brings an appreciation and in, and an interest in preserving it. That's, yeah. that's what I hope. I hope you know when I saw those 150 cars, my first instinct was to resent that they had come to this hike. <laughs> but honestly, how could I do that? I came right, <laughs> and so yeah. you know the fallback position is well. I hope that they really are inspired mm-hmm. and respect it and help. In the future, help protect it. Yeah. So that's my fallback position. But mm-hmm. I-, I know everyone that loves the outdoors has experienced that. That's so mature of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You have a place no, that you do. love, and then when you see oh, someone sure. else there, you're like, get out of here. Yeah, this is my spot. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that because no. public lands are public lands. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, you got to 
you got to give everyone space just like you want space from them. So Yep, indeed. One of the cool things we did, we'll grab a break here. We found some Native American rock art. Old, old, old stuff. Petroglyphs uh, and pictographs. pictographs. We'll tell you the difference between the two, and we'll describe to you what I saw over the weekend. It was really awesome when we come back. Petroglyphs and pictographs. Those, uh, the deserts of Utah are full of them. They are the evidence of ancient peoples who lived here long, 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 long before the European settlers did. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the European settlers here missed some of these ancient civilizations by hundreds of years. <laughs> they, were, they were long gone and disappeared well before then. And it's really fun to kind of stumble across some of that evidence. You know, we've... Uh, here in Utah, we have a lot of awesome places to see some of the more storied rock art, right? We were just briefly discussing a spot in Capitol Reef National mm-hmm. Park where you can pull off and they've got a little fence line you can stand against. You can view this beautiful panel. And it's on this wall of rock that mm-hmm. is massive and there's a little bridge over it. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's really neat. And you just sit there and you just wonder how on earth did they get all the way up there to up draw there that and just, yeah. antelope or whatever it is. I know. Make a human pyramid. It's just shocking yeah. in the scope. And uh, there's another one up near Castledale that we visited last year that, uh, that was, again, off the side of the road. You can see it. Hang out for a minute. They've got a little bit of shade there. But you can also stumble across it in the wild. Mm-hmm. Unmarked and sometimes even previously unknown yeah. rock art is out there for you to find. And so we did a little bit of research. What is the difference between a petroglyph and a pictograph? Would you like to do the big reveal, Taylor? I would love to. So I believe I have only seen pictographs in real life, but... You know, now that I know the difference, I don't know if I can – I didn't see any pictures showing me the difference. Uh-huh. So a pictograph is art done with clay or with any sort of pigments. Yep. And a petroglyph – did I get that right? Yep, you Petroglyph got it. is uh, carvings. Yeah. So that's carving is a petroglyph. And then the art that you actually see that is more like painting – is a pictograph. A pictograph, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they'll go on to, if you, if you know kind of the deserts of Utah, uh, you'll know how the rocks get this dark patina. Mm-hmm. And by chipping away to reveal that, uh, the lighter sandstone underneath, yeah. it's, cla- it's kind of a classic petroglyph chipping away at it like that to, yeah. to, to reveal that inner part, making the art that way. Mm-hmm. What we found over the weekend were pictographs, which is where... Uh, an ancient people had used pigment on the rocks. And what we saw was we saw in two different places what looked like a series of tally marks, mm-hmm. right, just kind of little lines, and then also small handprints. Hmm. And my children said, oh, look, little little kid handprints. But realistically, they could be adult handprints, Yeah, too. we've got no idea. Yeah, it's uh, and, and you can imagine that maybe people that inhabited those desert canyons for a long time were quite smaller. Yeah. Than you and I today. Right. So you um, you could imagine that that would be kind of a condition of living a subsistence lifestyle in the desert is to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Because you're not eating Baskin Robbins every day, you know, (laughs) building up that layer of fat. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was really awesome. So the handprints, I mean, and the handprints were right there, and it was kind of a sheltered spot. I, you looked at it, you, I feel like we could have take, pulled fingerprints off of them. Wow. I mean, it really was just so incredible, and several several pairs of handprints. That's really cool. And the tally is like counting days or, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah. That's Who, really cool. You know, it's uh, it could have been, you know, stuff they found, stuff they hunted, mm-hmm. noticed, uh, herd sizes. Yeah. Because they do have a lot of antelope and things like that down there still to this day. Uh-huh. But uh, we ran into some people that chart these rock art locations for the state. They map them and chart them. And they keep a lot of it quiet. They don't work for the state, but they submit the information to the state. So they oh. work for a separate organization. Oh, cool! And so they, they were very. We were we were chatting with them because they they pulled up at our campsite to start a hike into uh, into a couple of rock art panels uh-huh. that we didn't know about, and they were very <laughs> kind of skittish about sharing that information because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely common for those to be vandalized. In fact, yeah. the panels that we saw over the weekend, we nearly walked right past them, except that we noticed all of the people that had carved their names in the rock oh, next to it. That's... And and that's what we noticed first. Man. And that's and that's pretty common when you find these rock art panels is you find, you know, people will see them and then they'll decide that they're going to add their own thing. That, they shouldn't do that. No, it's disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. So. Well, this sounds like a cool group. Yeah, and, it were is. they pretty hush hush? They wouldn't tell you the name of the group, like how to get access no, no, no. to join was, them. No, uh, no, no, no. It was uh, Utah, Utah Archaeological Research Institute. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, but they did give us a few rules, uh-huh. so I thought I'd pass them along. So basically, when you find you know these rock, this rock art, you can go right up to it. You know, you can look at it, but never touch. Mm-hmm. And never do any kind of damage. Because with that ancient pigment, even just the oils in your hands and fingers, right? I mean, you can ru- you can scrape it off on accident. You can leave behind traces of oils and things that will erode it and damage it. So you never want to touch it. And then also uh, keep, keep aware of where you are in the area because sometimes uh, that can be an area where there are other archaeological elements. Mm-hmm. Like there could be artifacts and things like that. So you kind of want to pay attention, make sure you're not stepping on right. something, yeah. right? And leave everything behind. Everything that you find, leave it. Yeah. Because that's leave where Leave no trace. Well, that's where it belongs. Yeah, exactly. You know, that ancient pot belongs there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong to you. Nope. It's not yours. Nope. It belongs there. I have a... I had a camp counselor... Or I was a camp counselor, and I had a a camper who picked up a rock, and she was carrying it, and we were walking together. And she goes, hold on. And she runs, like, 40 feet behind and puts the rock back. And she goes, I just felt bad that, you know, that was where the rock was supposed to be. It had its friends there. It's like, that's its (laughs) home. And I took it. And I was like, "Good for you." I'm so glad that you said that. That's awesome. Well, uh, I appreciated those tips from uh, from those guys. It It was fun chatting with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they shared a little bit with us, but I think they kind of felt us out too a little bit to kind of see if we were the kind of people that would run over and scratch our own <laughs> names in, or if these we, Millards seem trustworthy, yeah, we'll or, tell them, or if, they, or if they knew we'd respect it. So it was it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, cool beans. Yeah. So get out there. Maybe maybe hold off on the uh, 
Little Wild Horse Canyon. Yeah. Find a time that's a bit not so crowded. Hit it in the off season. Yeah, for in the sure. off season. So thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and get out there and enjoy your Utah.